The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first time, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyards to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scripture, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. The parable we just heard is set in a vineyard that the landowner prepared for planting, putting a fence around it and building a watchtower over it. Often it's risky to turn parables into allegories, associating each character in the parable to something or someone specific in the world where we live. But there is widespread agreement that this parable is an allegory. Matthew has taken the text from Mark and told this story in a way that would speak to his community. A community of Jesus followers living after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. In Christianity, this text has been misused dangerously and inaccurately to suggest a supersessionist view where God replaces a disobedient Israel with faithful Gentiles. But Matthew's community were Jewish Christians, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. 
And it also assumes that the Gentile church has been more faithful than the Jews. And sadly, history refutes that claim. Listening to this parable, Matthew's audience would have immediately recognized that the vineyard represents Israel. We didn't hear it today, but the Old Testament reading that goes along with this is the song of the unfruitful vineyard from Isaiah 5, a poem and allegory that expresses the divine pain at the people's failure to live out their relationship with their God. God richly blessed and tended God's vineyard, the chosen people, giving them everything they needed to thrive. But instead of grapes, God got wild grapes, so the vineyard must be radically pruned. In Matthew's parable, the landowner is God, and the two groups of servants reflect the typical Jewish groupings of scriptures into the former prophets, which are Joshua through Kings, and the latter prophets which are Isaiah through Malachi. Of course, the son and the heir is Jesus himself, who was sent by God to God's people and then arrested and executed. And the tenants, well, the tenants are the people of God, the ones entrusted to care for God's kingdom. And in the parable, the tenants are the Pharisees, the chief priests and the elders. They ignore the landowner's authority over them in favor of their own plans. And instead of responding with gratitude for the plentiful harvest or recognizing the abundance they have been given, instead of returning to God a portion of what God had provided them, the tenants act out of greed and self-interest. Their attitude of selfishness that has no need for God leads them to violence and murder. Matthew, Luke, and Mark all include a version of this parable and say that when the chief priests and the Pharisees realized Jesus was speaking about them, they wanted to arrest him. But they didn't, for fear of the crowds. Jesus didn't avoid conflict, but called the religious leaders and the people of Israel to be accountable as God's people. Then, as now, being God's people means that we follow God's command for our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. As Luther states throughout his catechism, we are first to fear and love God so that our actions will reflect God. Today, when we hear this parable and we understand ourselves as the tenants, we may think of our congregation as the vineyard, a bountiful place where we build a fence or a hedge around us for protection and add a watchtower to alert us to those who might cause trouble. The parable then is a warning because the fence and the watchtower only separated the tenants farther from the rest of the world. 
The community became one of insiders and outsiders, and the tenants felt threatened by people they didn't know who came to the vineyard. I recently heard Pastor Kelly Chapman from North Minneapolis describe his congregation there, and he said, one time when some people from the neighborhood came to worship for the first time, someone complained because they were eating potato chips in the back of the sanctuary. Even Pastor Kelly said he started to say something to gently correct them. But he caught himself because he recognized what was happening in that moment. There were visitors eating potato chips in the back of the sanctuary because there were people coming to church who didn't already know the rules. They didn't know all the words to the prayers or to the hymns, when to stand and when to sit, and they'd come to church anyway. They saw something in that congregation that made them want to be part of it. They saw Jesus there, and that is good news. If we are serious about working for the kingdom of God, then the vineyard is all the places where we have been called by God to produce the fruits of the kingdom. And when we use that definition, the whole world opens up. The kingdom isn't limited to one congregation or even one denomination or doctrine, but the whole world. Following Jesus, we all are entrusted with God's kingdom, and that includes the ways we live out the kingdom of God in our homes, our places of business, our schools, our neighborhoods, our friend groups, and our associations, as well as our congregation. And when we see the expansive kingdom of God, the watchtower is transformed into a lighthouse, illuminating God's love for our neighbors and guiding us to those places where we may be in service in our community and our world. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to us and for your forgiveness when we do not receive him and reject your love for us. Help us see all that we are and all that we have is because of your abundant grace for us. Send us out into your kingdom, into all the places of our lives that the world would see Jesus. We pray in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior. Amen.